Welcome to In In It It Together. Together. I'm Jay. And I'm Courtney. And this is our podcast where we discuss mental health and self-improvement from a couple's perspective. Welcome back, guys. Yes, here we are. How are you today? (laughs) I'm doing good. Good, good. I like to hear that. I'm actually excited because we're going to, we're still, we're sticking with our emotional attachment, a relationship attachment, sorry, podcast series here, but we're changing it up a little bit. We've been focusing on like the attachment styles. Now we're going to move into, we still haven't done the secure attachment and that's still yet to come. I think that should be the last one. So you can be like, oh, okay. Exactly. That's what we're all moving towards or we all want to be in that secure attachment uh, style. But uh, what we're going to do this podcast and we'll start moving into this is like what these attachment styles mean within a relationship exactly right so when you have like this podcast is going to be interesting because this is all about us yep this is what we are both on the hot seat exactly because this is what we are we're anxious and avoidant so that's what we're going to talk about the anxious avoidant relationship so when one person has an anxious attachment style and the other person has the avoidant attachment style this is what it's going to look like exactly. or this what is what is it, it can look like what does it look like in a relationship and that's again that's really us right you know we've talked about it. i have the dismissive avoidant and you have the anxious and the thing is is though is like i i hope i'm still not an anxiously attached person i think i've made a lot of progress and i think you've made a lot of progress too on your end with the dismissive avoidant But it's still very present in ourselves that we need to be aware that that's how we are going to act and attach in relationships. And so having that level of awareness, I think, is the only thing that can help you work through it. I don't know if you ever get rid of it and you just get better and become more secure. And to our credit, I I think, and we've said this before, at least I say this all the time, we're like the yin and yang, right? We, you know, when one of us is, you know, and we were just talking about this just just a couple seconds yeah, ago, right? Fair. When when your your energy is a little high, my energy becomes, a, you know, is, is a little low. So we're we I don't want to say contradict, but we contrast each other. Mm-hmm. And that's what this relationship attachment combination can be. Exactly. It doesn't. I mean, it can sound like a nightmare and we're going to talk about the nightmare aspects of it but there oh, are a lot yeah, of there there are some nightmare times definitely yes but there's a lot of positives from it too and i think if we can focus on the benefits of we can really start seeing it as somewhat of a superpower which keeps us in the relationship that we're in in a positive way yeah because if you're aware of your attachment style you're aware of your limitations then you understand you know you can work on yourself individually and then, but that will help the relationship as you move forward together. Absolutely. I definitely agree with that. So I think that this is going to be fun. I've gotten a lot of comments. Everybody's like, I love the attachment series. Like, I am so anxiously attached. Or, oh, that's my husband. Or that's my wife. Or that's whomever. Or, no, I'm, yep, I'm the avoidant type. Oh, man, I can't believe I've said those things and done those things. So someone had said, quite a few people, hey, can you do some relationships and what do they look like so i think today is going to be really good yeah and i'm actually kind of looking forward to like this is us so this is kind of an easy one for us to do yeah um but i'm i'm anxious i'm anxious (laughs) (laughs) yes you are um well i'm curious to hear like what avoidant avoidant is or anxious anxious is oh my god because i think those are going to be interesting and i think those are a lot more i don't want to say detrimental but i think 
they can be a lot harder to work with because there's no yin yang capacity. Exactly. That's what I was and thinking. And the, you know, when you think of like things being balanced out, the other person doesn't have the opposite attachment to pull from. So we're, we're going to definitely talk about those. Those will be the next ones coming up. So let's get right into it, right? So let's start with you. Do you want to do the benefits of the struggles first? I want to start off with something challenging and end on a positive note. So let's first start with these are the three top ones that I think the struggles when you have the anxious avoidant relationship. And for me, I think the number one that I hear all the time that I see and within ourselves is we have two completely different communication styles, like two languages. And that's been tough for us is like, what are you saying right now? Yeah. What are you trying to tell me? <laughs> yeah. And it goes far beyond like, you know, men, you know, we we talked about gender differences, right? Men and women and how we all communicate. But this is like even a step further. This is like, I mean, and I'm going to put it in myself. I, when you are, when you have anxious attachment, right? And what, I'm just going to kind of backtrack just a little bit here. You have this level of attachment because somewhere in your life, you had a little bit of attunement and attachment with a caregiver and it just kept coming and going, coming and going. And it was inconsistent. So you became anxious for it to come again, right? So you really did not cultivate and learn how to express your needs. You didn't say, this is what I need. So you behaved in a way that would somehow bring to you what you wanted. So I realized that I've always struggled with telling you exactly, precisely what it is I need. And I would act out in a behavior, right? So it was like, what are you doing right now? And so for me, that was my level of communication. It was just acting out. So that's kind of how I would communicate. And then you're not a mind reader. You're, you're not a professional in behaviorism where you can understand that this behavior equals this need. So that was on my end. Now as an avoidant, what's your communication style look like? Oh, I'm direct. I'm completely uber, With a capital D. uber logical and direct. This is what I need. You know, here, here it is in a nutshell. And that, again, it's just like, <laughs> and that's where this communication, right? Because it's like you... I don't want to say manipulative, but it, it is in a sense manipulative, right? Because you do act out something. You don't, you're not direct with what you need. You act out something in the hopes that I'm going to see this, this action mm -hmm. and respond to it in a positive way that you, and for, and it was a lot of the times it, it ended up being a negative reaction right. for me. Cause it's like, if, if you needed that, then just be direct and ask Right. For and it. then what ends up happening is, is that I felt even worse about getting my needs met that I started to just take whatever I thought were my needs and put them aside. Like I went from acting out behaviorally that I wanted you to kind of figure out. I wanted you to see, because when I was younger, I could communicate it all I want. And it wasn't hurt. But if I acted out, I got it right. Now, as an adult, that wasn't working, so I completely went flat, and then I wouldn't talk, and I would just stare at you like a deer in headlights, which would piss you off even more, and then you would be even more direct, like, what is wrong? And at that point, I would lose my voice. So it was like speaking two different languages from two completely different worlds, and then trying to understand. And then when we did take the time to be like, wait, all you that's what you needed? Well, yeah, like, why didn't you say that? And I'm looking at you like, I, I, I don't know. And there was the truth. I didn't know why I didn't say it. I didn't know how to say it. It's not that I didn't know why. There was no how. And on the flip side, right, you know, being uber direct and uber logical didn't really help get my needs met because you were so emotionally attached to what I, whatever I was saying. Like if I said to you, I need my space, which which just basically meant that, right? You were reading more into it like, oh, is he out this of this is relationship? It. This is done. Is Pack this your is bags. done? Exactly. So 
me <laughs> being direct wasn't wasn't helping the situation. I'm laughing either. now, but back then I was like crying. <laughs> but that's that's what it was, right? So there's negatives and positives of both things here, right? Yeah. And it's a negative also to be uber direct and uber you know yes, logical because, because it's I'm like not, you I don't, don't understand exactly you don't understand like it you know some some things that i would say came off as like cruel and harsh because they were <laughs> they were <laughs> and it was just me being I, these are my needs right now and that doesn't mean that's not that that's it right my needs can change you know within a, a couple minutes of each other right i might need my space right now but that doesn't mean, you know, I, I need my space from you for the rest of my life. But see, and then because when you have anxious attachment, when someone says, I need my space and they're coming to you afterwards, it's like, it's this all, why are you back here now? Why are they acting this way? And it feels like this push, pull, this push, pull, because you needing your space in that moment was temporary. But for us, it's, it's, it's different. So we lead into number two, which was, and you had mentioned this, when the avoidant needs space, the anxious then feels abandoned, right? Which is what you just said. I need my space equates to pack your bags, get the hell out because we're over. And that's how it, but that's what I had always seen growing up. You know, I need my space from you is like my mother laughed. She literally moved out, moved in with another guy, like, bye. Or I need my space from you. I never saw my father again until I was in high school. Or I need my space from you meant, so to me, I was like, well, this is it. This is the end of the road. Or the classic arguments with us is like, I'm done. And it's like, I'm done with this conversation right now. Right? Yeah, but you know what? You never said that. It was, we would be talking about something that was very fueled. And then you'd be like, I'm done. And then it was, I'm just, I'm done. I'm done. Instead of just saying, I'm done with this, I'm, I'm like very literal. So I was like, well, you're, what? I know, but that's, that's where we're getting to, right? That's understanding. Yep. Like, okay, once I understood how you communicated, then it was easier for me to say, okay, I need to, to. I need to walk away so I don't say something I'm going to regret. Oh, exactly. That doesn't oh. equate to I'm leaving. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly right. So here's the next the, the next struggle, right? So the anxious, we want validation. And then the avoidant is like suffocated. And so someone had said to me in one of my videos, we all need validation every once in a while. I was like, no, sweetie. Validation and reassurance are two different things. Reassurance is like, hey, this is my plan. This is what I think I'm going to do about it. What are your thought processes? And at the end of the day, you still do it. Validation is, is what do you think I should do? I don't know what I'm doing right now. There's a difference. So when the anxious wants validation, the avoidant is like, you are suffocating the hell out of me. You are codependent on me. You are dependent on me. I don't like that. And because of avoidant attachment, you don't like feeling like somebody is like infiltrating themselves into you. So you, you sabotage, you push away, you become dismissed. And then it's the cycle. Yeah, because you don't want to feel responsible for someone else's feelings and exactly, emotions. Exactly, because you're not. Exactly. You're not. Yeah. Well, you're you're struggling with your own feelings and emotions and, <laughs> and dealing with those. You don't want to, you know, have someone else. Like, I, I don't have time for you. Yeah, you don't want a backpack, right? <laughs> exactly. No, we all have emotional backpacks. So those are the top three struggles, right? And those are common. But I think it's it's important to even reiterate what you just said, because there's, there's a huge difference in those two terms, right? Validation seeking validation because we should all be able to self-validate right. and not seek validation from someone else. But it's okay to seek reassurance. Because reassurance means that this is my plan. This is what I'm going to do. Like I validated in myself, but did I cut any corners here? Can you see any things down the road? It just kind of needs some reassurance here that this is like ready to go type thing. And there's a huge difference. There's actually, I'm doing a video on that today. 
yeah, we probably should do a podcast on that because we can. We could do a great idea. Yeah, we could do one on, on that because again, people don't understand the differences because they think that oh, I could probably do millions of podcasts on people who don't not understanding the differences between terms that a lot of people use. We'll, um, you know, I'm not going to we'll take that, that personal, one. but I'm just going to raise my hand here and say that's me, okay? <laughs> because I do that all the time. But again, it's just it's just this personality. So let's kind of go into the benefits. And there are benefits of being with someone who's completely opposite of you, where it's like the opposite does attract, right? And the number one thing is that you can learn to balance each other out. So where I need to like self-validate a little bit more and be a little bit more within myself and more confident and less needy, you can then learn to be a little bit more more reassuring reassuring and vulnerable and accepting. And you know what I mean? So it's like, that's what you've learned to do. Like I've taught you that and you've taught me the other part. You just have to be willing to be like, okay, like these are the things about my attachment style. And attachment is developed in the first two years of life. Not your fault. Not your fault. A two-minute attachment. So in the first two years of your life, that's kind of where it all came from. Yeah, you just have to work on getting to the secure attachment style, right? That's the the focus here, right? Understanding your attachment style and working towards bettering it, working towards the secure. And in that process, like we're talking about the relationships, right? Learning to, because this is what it's about, right? It's communicating with your partner and communicating effectively. So understanding what your attachment style is and understanding what your partner's attachment style is helps you bridge that gap between the two. Exactly. And helps you communicate effectively with your partner what your needs are and understand what their needs are. And honestly, I wish there was some class you know, where like you're about to get married. Do you know each other's attachment styles? <laughs> like, you know, something like that. So we should give classes. We on that. should. I think we're going to do that. No, but I think it's really important because I didn't know in the beginning. I was just like, well, he's an asshole. That's his. Att- that's what it is. And you're like, she's a clingy bitch. Like, that's pretty much what it is. Like you have issues and you have issues. But it was like, he's not an a-hole. He's avoiding attachment because everybody that was in his life either left or put all the responsibility on his shoulders, become dependent of himself, that seeking anything outside of himself was never an option. So he's never going to make it an option as an adult. And that he's learned to be hard like this on himself because this is what kept him alive and this is what kept him going. And she's not some crazy person, or maybe she's not some anxiously attached person for a reason. It's because the caregiving was so inconsistent that it was like, here's a little, I'm going to take it back. Here's a little, I'm going to take it back. And it became her, became so anxious for that person. And when you can understand that, you can hold space and you can be like, I have empathy for for you now. I don't look at you and wish I could run you over with a power wheel or something like that. Like I look at you now and I think about you differently. And I'll be honest, I used to look at you and despise you at sometimes. Like literally I would be like, don't like you at all. But now I can look at you and be like, I don't like you, but I understand why. Feeling was mutual. Yeah, it was. But like, didn't it help you at some points to be like, she wasn't choosing to be this freaking hot mess. Like, this is what life gave her. And I have two options. If I care and love her, I'm going to help her learn a new language, help her learn that it doesn't have to be like anxiously attached, that when people care about you, it's consistent and things like that. And that's that was your choice. You know what I mean? No, I agree. It's it's all about like learning your partner and, you know, understanding the relationship. And like, again, this is why I'm like, kind of excited to hear about like the avoidant avoidant or the anxious anxious because those are two you know like this works for us 
right? And I don't know how, like if I met someone else that was avoidant, I don't know how that would work or the, what that would look like, to be truly honest, right? Well, I've been working on these and wait till you hear them. Like if you ever thought you wanted to run away from me. You asked me before, you know, what, what do you think your other relationships were like? And, you know, I, I have trouble thinking back. We've been together a long time now. But, you know, it was it was hard for me to look back and say, hmm, I wonder if they were what their attachment style was before. What You know, my attachment style has always been this. Right. I wonder why those maybe the reasons why those didn't work because of, you know, again, either there were a different avoidant or, you know, avoidant, avoidant. I don't know. I'm just grasping at straws here. But. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can see that. And I just kind of want to piggyback on where I said that, like, if you ever felt like you wanted to run away from me, you can't because I'm still going to come chase you because <laughs> I'm the anxious one. Yep, that's it. So anyways, even if you wanted to leave, you can't. So, yeah, that's what it is. Go. <laughs> and with that said, we're going to take we're going to take a moment right now to pause for our quick message. But when we get back, we'll talk about like working through this relationship style and working together to get to where we all want to be. So uh, stay with us. We'll be right back. We always hear how much the podcast has positively impacted all of you. So now here's an opportunity to help us continue making content. And we've made it simple by partnering with Patreon. You can find the link in the episode description. For your subscription, we've added additional bonus incentives, which include a newsletter, access to the In It Together Patreon group, and special access to upcoming private episodes with Jay. For our top subscribers, you'll even get monthly access to Jay and I via Zoom. We're grateful for your support, and don't forget to keep sharing the podcast with everyone you know. Together, we can help grow the In It Together family. Now back to the podcast. So we've been talking about the anxious and avoidant attachment relationships. And now we're going to turn the page and see like how we work through it and how you guys can work through it. Once you recognize what your attachment style is and once you recognize that you're in this avoidant and exactly. anxious relationship, how you guys can work together to communicate more effectively. So if you're this far into the podcast, you probably have a pen out and a piece of paper. I want you to do two things. I want you to make a column, all right? On one side of the column, I want you to write anxious. And on the right side, I want you to write avoidant. And I'm going to talk to you about, okay, this is what the anxious person needs to do in the relationship. And then it coincides with this is what the avoidant person needs to do in the relationship. And you can kind of see how you can kind of meet somewhere in the middle. Then I will end it on the one thing you both can do equally that's going to make a difference. So the first thing that the anxious person needs to do is learn to seek support outside of the relationship and outside of your partner. Therapy, support groups, trust within yourself, okay? And the avoidant needs to start practicing closeness because they're already so outside of that situation that they need to pull in a little bit more, be a little bit more vulnerable. All right. So that's going to be difficult for the avoidant because, again, um, um, how do you practice closeness? So practicing closeness. Uh, you want me to come stand next to you right now? No. Okay. So practicing closeness simply means sitting down with your partner, sharing parts of your day, asking them how their day was, sitting close with them on the couch, putting your arm around them randomly giving them a hug it doesn't have to be extremely intimate it just needs to be a lot more close than how you normally are instead of keeping your distance and kind of keeping that wall up 
it's learning to function a little bit more closer than what's comfortable for you. So it's having a little bit more awareness outside of yourself to say, hmm, have I asked my partner how that meeting went? Or is there something that I can do to help support them? So it's just practicing being more with your partner versus kind of distancing yourself from them. Yeah, I agree. You have to uh, practice keeping your guard down. And I think something that you've taught me is helping me to learn to ask how you feel about something. You know, because it's like as a as an avoidant, we avoid feelings, right? We avoid we're internal. We deal with our feelings internally. But asking you, how do you feel about that or making just making that statement, practicing that statement? I feel this way about this. How do you feel about that? You know, I think that's that's very powerful. Practicing that like you as an avoidant, that's was hard for me. It was hard for me to bring emotion into something that was very logical for me. So it's it was important. I think that's what turned me around. Right. Is when you said I need you to start using that phrase. How you know how this is how I feel about this. How do you feel about this? If you can practice that, I think that's going to help with this closeness and help with this emotional bond that you need to have as an avoidant. Now, on the on the on your column, something I wanted to bring up with seeking support outside. I think it's important to understand what those supports look like because as an anxious person, you're going to be seeking. Um, support systems, like we've talked about support systems in other podcasts, but it's important to have a support system that doesn't enable you to continue, um, you know, to seek that, you know, validation outside of yourself. Yes. And that's why I said therapy support groups. I did not say friends and family, boyfriends, girlfriends, nothing like that. So yes, I think that that was really important because when you're anxiously attached, you're looking for anybody to just like see you and hear you. So you want to be very clear about what you're looking for. I'm seeking a group that is going to hold me accountable, help me point out my flaws. I'm seeking a therapist that specializes in attachment theories because I want to become more secure. It's really important. And it's funny because this leads me into one thing that I'm, I'm going to bounce around here a little bit. But when it comes down to like emotions, right? The anxious, write this in your column, needs to learn to communicate their needs in simpler terms. So when the anxious is talking to the avoidant, all the avoidant is going to hear is logic. So if you're a bunch of bag of emotions, they're not they're missing your message. So learning to complete, you know, communicate simply is like I feel very sad right now, very anxious, whatever it is, because this was said. I feel because of this. Very easily instead of this and this and then this and then this was going on and then this and then I don't know and then you're all anxious and the the avoidant over there is like what the hell right so you have to learn when you're anxious take a step back ask yourself what is it that I'm feeling right now because what's happening is is that you're just blurting everything out before taking the time to really ask yourself what it is that you feel so it's almost like you're thinking your brain outside of you right and the, the avoidance like okay I don't I don't get that so then you feel like they don't understand you well they don't they don't understand you right now in the avoidant column the avoidant actually has to start working on working on and realizing that they dismiss emotions so if 
anxious over here is trying to express what's going on and it's all emotions avoidance like I'm dismissing all of that because none of that makes any sense to me so therefore that's it so that's what you have to kind of both work on that goes back to what I said earlier right as an avoidant you learn to use that I feel statement right that then these things don't become as foreign right when you say I feel someone something you know I, I felt this way it automatically clicks in my head okay this is a feelings this has nothing to do with logic so let's deal with it as feelings <laughs> yep. right because like, we understand that you know as an even as an avoidant I understand that feelings aren't logical right because right? you understand that oh she's not speaking in fact right now she's just these are just the emotions let's kind of work through this and then let's kind of get to what happened Exactly. So to my point, right, once you start to learn as an avoidant, once you start to learn that I feel statement, right, I feel this about that, you, you know, when your partner says I feel this, that's almost like an instant switch that goes on that's okay, we're, we're not talking about logical things. We're talking about feelings. And then once you get through those feelings, then you can start to logically process, okay, what made you feel that way? Let's work on what made you feel that way so we can get to a logical fix or mm -hmm. resolution to what made you feel that way. But I think before we could do that, it was a mess. It was a constant mess of me feeling invalidated, me feeling like my emotions don't matter because they were dismissed. And that was so hard for me, just like it was so hard for you because you were like, I don't understand this woman. And so you just kind of, you know, you didn't mean to be dismissive, but it was like, I'm dismissing anything that is, has nothing to do with whatever it is that happened. And I'm not talking about what happened. I'm talking about my feelings. So we're literally like on two different pages. Yeah, because as an avoidant, what you what you want to do is just fix the issue. Right. That's the whole point. My point is, OK, you're talking to me about things that have nothing to do with. And that's why I was being dismissive towards you. Right. Because that has nothing to do with this. I'm like, a problem solver. Exactly. Anything that has nothing to do with solving this problem gets moved over to this column. Exactly. But I didn't see it like that. And, and, but I needed to understand that. So we have to get through the feelings yep. so we can get to the point where, okay, let's fix the issue that made you feel that way. Yeah, now this but is repairable. Exactly. We couldn't get there because it was like, okay, you gave me feelings. I gave you dismissiveness because that has nothing to do with fixing it. And then we there was this endless cycle of not getting anywhere. Exactly. But now that we understand each other, I can sit back and say, okay, let's get through the feelings of it. And then we, we can get to the foundation of why you were, were feel, you know, why you felt that way. Exactly. And that's that's how we fix the issue. And it's funny. You, we just literally said this, the, the next one. But I'm, so I'm just going to recap it that if you're in the anxious column, you cannot expect the avoidant to read between in between the lines. OK, and there's no in between the lines. It's like, OK, if there's nothing there, there's nothing there. We'll mo remove everything. And then, OK, your emotions are gone. What's your problem? Right. Whereas in the avoidant column is that you can't try to fix them when they are upset you have to allow them to be upset which is what you were just saying so i just kind of wanted to make sure they could write those specifically down in the columns so let me go into the next one the next one is is if you're an anxious attachment style and something is bothering you you have to learn to approach the avoidant calmly if you come chaotic and crazy and out of control you are going to trigger the avoidant because remember that was the avoidance lifestyle OK, chaotic, kind of crazy. So they learn to disconnect themselves from that stuff. So you're going to feel like they're aloof. So try a calmer approach to the avoidant. 
And the avoidant needs to learn to reassure their partner that they do care. So although I'm kind of stepped back right now, I do care about you. This is just a little too much for me. So anxious, learn a calmer approach. Avoidant, learn to reassure partner like I hear you and I see you. Yeah, and as an avoidant, it's about control, right? You you want to be able to control your environment. That's why we're avoidant, right? We we want to be able to, you know, the little control that we have of, over our environment, we seek, you know, to grasp it in an iron an iron fist, right? Because you you don't that have, includes everything in your environment, exactly people situations, exactly. So when the anxious completely a, a mess and you're all over the place. You know, that triggers me because it's like, I don't have control over this. I don't have control over you. I don't have control over any of this right now. So that's why we push. We push away. Like You either push away, you get very angry to try to just calm everything and be the, the bigger one in the room. Like, okay, I'm on top now again. Phew. And, that's, and then that makes us feel like, oh my God. A, exactly. That fuels everything that's going on. So as an avoidant, I have to, like you said, I have to reassure you. And when I see you in that state, you know, sometimes it's just like grabbing you and just giving you a hug and saying, I'm here. I'm present with you. Whatever the issue is, we'll get through this together. And that helps. Yes, it does. <laughs> I was just like, no, I was just looking at you like, when the hell does that happen? No, there's been plenty of times where like you've seen that I'm fighting, though. You know that there's a storm going on inside of me and you know I'm struggling, but you see that I'm fighting and you can respect the fight. You can respect the fact that she's not giving in to the fear. She's she's standing with it. She's holding herself. I can come then and I can I can align with that strength within her, you know? So that makes a lot of sense. So this is, goes into there's 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 two more, well one more on each side and then the the neutral one. So we as anxious people, we need to learn to respect space and privacy. That is like my biggest thing. It's like I need space does not equate to I hate you. I don't want nothing to do with you. I need space means that I just need some time for myself. So where the anxious needs to learn to respect space, the avoidant needs to learn to inform the partner that they need some alone time, not necessarily space. I need a little bit of alone time. So that it doesn't come off as dismissive. So prior to something exploding, because if something bad happens and then you're like, I need space, those two associations is all the anxious person needs to be like, well, here comes the suitcase. But if it's like, look, I just need some alone time right now so that I can kind of process how I'm feeling so we can come back to this. Letting the anxious know we will come back, we will visit this, we'll be able to sit with this decreases the anxiety on the other person. You know, but the anxious also needs to respect the space and understand that, sorry, they're they're just protecting them, their emotional stuff right now. So they're either going to take space or they're going to crush you. Pick. No, that's it. That's absolutely right. So as an avoidant, <laughs> as an avoidant, right, it, again, it's like you have so very limited control over everything around you that you seek that control. And sometimes, you know, you feel something going on. And this is, again, something that you taught me is a explaining the difference because sometimes we do this right we get as an avoidant we get inside your you know we're just as emotional as anyone else is as the anxious we just internalize it differently right so when i'm having a bad day right and i i need my space it's you know it's the simple act of saying has nothing to do with you i'm just having a day right now and I need some alone time or quiet time. Whenever you've said it has nothing to do with you, it's just me, 
even though it still feels shitty, I've been able to walk away and give you that space. And usually within an hour, you'll come and you'll get a hug or something like that. And but some, that makes the difference. That makes the difference. And sometimes I've had to say, you are the cause of my <laughs> my anxiety right now. I need space from you in this moment. But again, it's I understanding. I have to be understanding that like he shouldn't have a higher tolerance for my anxiety. That's not fair to him to have to take that on because I feel anxious. It's not your job to constantly manage my anxiety. It's not my job to constantly try to teach you to have empathy and compassion and not be a jerk sometimes. It's not your job to constantly teach me, you know, not be so, you know what I mean? It's, but it is our responsibility in a relationship to support the other person and hold them accountable. You know, and it's learning the difference between someone's job and accountability. So, and what we should do podcast on that one too so and the anxious has to be able to seek validation within themselves that hey it's okay to give the them space it's okay to give them you know what they need in the moment and then you mm -hmm. know once things have that's normalized showing love for your partner exactly i can do this for you even though i feel anxious and the reality is is that as the anxious person we have to understand that our partners do need a break from us sometimes when you especially when you're in an avoidant because that's like triggering a lot just like i'm learning now that i need my space because sometimes you can be very overwhelming for me you know and we have to respect that from one another and so when we looked at these two columns right and there's a lot for each side to learn there's one thing that you both can do that can really help the avoidant and the anxious so put this right in the middle of the column and it is avoid blaming and seek to understand what comes naturally. So avoid blaming me for not understanding what comes so naturally for you. Logic, fixing things, direction, okay? Like there's no need to blame me. Just right? being direct. Exactly. There's no need, because that, that's just naturally. And there's no need for me to blame you that you don't understand how I'm able to suck up all these emotions and express them from an emotional standpoint and help you, you know, see how, this is how, when you say that, this is how this person feels. It's like, I can't blame you for not understanding that from a natural perspective. So when we can stop blaming, like, oh, you just don't understand or you're this or you're that, or what, what's wrong with you? How come you don't understand this? That's just blaming the other person for what you do naturally. Not everybody is going to be logical and analytical and, you know, all of that stuff. And not everybody is going to be able to understand emotions and be able to talk about things on, you know, certain levels. And when we can stop the blame, if we can seek first to understand and then to be understood, thanks, David Covey. When you can do that, it does make a big difference. And I think with our relationship with this anxious avoidant attachment, seeking to understand before we try to get the other person to see our perspective, I think that helped. No, absolutely. Yeah, so that's where it can be very beneficial to have two people with completely opposite attachment styles, right? You can learn from each other. You can learn the emotional side from the anxious, and you can learn the logical side from the avoidant. Exactly. So, I mean, I think that's the best, you know, wrap up of if you're anxious or avoidant. So look at that column, sit down with your partner and start making those changes one by one. So on that note, we're going to end the podcast here. I hope you guys got something good from this one and look forward to our next one, which we're going to tackle the other relationship attachment styles. So look for that and until um, we meet again. 
So guys, if you aren't following me already, you can find me on TikTok at ask.courtney, on Instagram at askcourtney underscore, and on YouTube at askcourtney. And if you'd like to be a guest on a future podcast, you can reach us at podcast with an S at epiphanymedia.com. We'd love to hear your stories, guys, so make sure to reach out. And as always, we're all in this together, so stay safe. Remember, there's no shame in asking for help. Till next time.